but you'll you will without question learn something more than likely it's going to be something you'll be able to apply but you know the worst case scenario is like you learn something you can't apply it and you're more interesting at parties very happy today to uh, try a little bit different type of an episode. Uh, I've got Jay DeVivo here, and welcome, Jay. Hey, great. Thanks to be, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Happy to be here. Okay, so um, Jay is uh, an experienced executive in the space, and He's been contemplating uh, a career pivot into some areas that drive more into innovation in different ways. And so today's conversation is going to focus on kind of his experience in that and uh, what he's learned and, and, and kind of uh, what he's thinking about going forward here. So, Jay, I know you have your uh, co-funder entity that you do some consulting work through, but maybe you could give folks some uh some some detail on your background and kind of how that led up to where you are today. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, I actually started out uh, in early stage venture um, up in Boston. And after that, I had my own consulting shop full time where I was working uh, primarily for startups on kind of go to market strategy, product development uh, and partnership work. So, you know, I kind of wound up in insurance through happenstance, um, you know, as opposed to a childhood dream. But um, <laughs> but now that I'm here, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, I've come to appreciate how important insurance is. You know, it's it's easy to forget you know, the impact that it has on society. So in my last role where I was, I was kind of doing client and risk management work with variable annuity reinsurance, um, kind of the, the one issue, so there's a few areas I'm, ish, I'm, I'm interested in, and my role there really got me um, very familiar with the you know, the problems, you know, as well as the opportunities around longevity risk. Um, you know, so kind of that's, you know, so that, so my last role was kind of more directly, you know, kind of related to kind of looking at that. And as I started getting involved, you know, with different accelerators, um, as well as different startups, you know, kind of independently, you know, I kind of spread out a little from there, you know, kind of the use of IoT and AI, you know, kind of in commercial PNC and specialty lines, you know, kind of that was um, kind of an outgrowth of the work that I was doing with startups, um, you know, through through accelerators. So so when when you're approaching these accelerators, what do you find you typically actually end up contributing? Is it something that is narrowly within your areas of expertise, or do you end up finding that, you know, it, it, it tends to be a little broader or a little bit different, and, and, and some of it is just maybe other types of functional expertise or, or, or even just business common sense uh, from being an experienced executive? So, typically, I like to get involved in earlier stage companies. Uh, kind of, you know, right after formation, kind of like the earlier, the better. So when you're involved in companies at that point, 
they're really looking for the most part for more um, for more generalists. You know, kind of like the way I do that is I do some research on the company, on the on the on the industry, on the potential customers, and it's really just asking questions. So you're there. You know, most of the most of the discussions I'm having with entrepreneurs are driven by asking questions and trying to ask good questions to get them to think about, you know, the issues that they're facing maybe in a different way because they understand they're like, they're going to understand this stuff way better than I ever will. Right. They've, they focused so much on this that they decided to leave their jobs and start a company. So they, they know this space really well, which is terrific, but you tend to just see things, you know, the way that you've seen them. So kind of giving them some outside perspective is really kind of the role of, of the mentor in, in kind of the generalist case. You know, you, you may be better suited than, than some others say who have just, you know, worked 10, 15, 20 years in a carrier um, to, to know the right questions to ask to evaluate a startup, right? Because it's a, a two-way process when you're you're looking for opportunities. They're trying to evaluate your skills and ability to fit their needs, but then you also want to make sure it's the right opportunity for you. So are there particular things you look for? Are there suggested questions you would um, recommend to people who are considering opportunities? I mean, the main, I'd say the main thing I look for is why do they start the company? You know, so if they're, you know, kind of mission driven founders, like that's like, that's important. If they, if they founded the company because of a problem that they had or that a family member had, and it means something to them and that's why they started the company, then I'm interested. I mean, if it's a bunch of MBAs and they went to a whiteboard and said, all right, let's take a look at this. And like, where's the white space? Let's go there. Like, like they might be successful, but like, maybe they won't be like, how committed are they to it? Right. So, you know, so that's, that's kind of the main thing. And then the rest is, I mean, for me, it's not so much a set of questions, but it's, a relationship that kind of builds over time, you know? So, and, and it's things like how well do they know the market? Does their roadmap make sense? What do they not know? Do they, you know, kind of just as important is what are they telling you that they don't know? You know, so if they, if they think everything's figured out, well, it's not going to be. Right. So, you know, kind of figuring out, so if they have a good idea of here are all of our holes, that's a good sign because they know, you know, they kind of, they know what they need. And, you know, the other piece of this is, is the market going to accept it? Because there are a lot of products that are filling a need. The need is important, but the market's just not going to accept them. Right. Um, because you, you can't underestimate educating a market. So if, if you're, if they're doing something that's really brand new and it's going to require educating whoever the customer is, whether that's, you know, B2B or B2C, uh, 
you can't underestimate the difficulty in, in kind of educating your customers. So, yeah. you know, is, is there a clear line of sight to market acceptance? Have there been specific things when you've had conversations that have, you know, knocked companies out for you? Um, as you've gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've been fortunate in that, you know, I can, be very patient and, and wait, you know, kind of for the right opportunity, whether, whether it's a large company, whether it's a small company, but, you know, kind of with respect to startups, you know, yeah, there's some things, you know, it's, you know, you know, are they all over the place? You know, sometimes, you know, founders, you know, they're talking to lots of different people and they say, wow, this is a great technology. You could use it here. You could use it here. There's, there's always going to be lots of applications, right. but you need to focus on kind of like a core initial case that's kind of like the highest and best use, right? So like land use. What's the highest and best use of, you know, this special something that you've developed and staying focused on that. And a lot of founders have a hard time doing that. So founders that have a hard time doing that, you know, I that kind of scares me. Um, and then a lot of it, honestly, is just kind of like personality, right? You have to, like, you know, you kind of have to mesh. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, you're going to be spending an awful lot of time with these people, whether, you know, whether it's in person or whether it's virtually, like, you know, there, there's a lot of distributed teams, but you still have to have, you know, kind of a common vision of where this thing is going to be. And if you're not, you know, if you're not on the really right at the same page from the get-go, it's going to be tough because things are always going to change. They're always going to move and you're probably going to veer, you know, kind of further apart as opposed to closer together. Okay. And uh, I guess in closing, I would just ask, you know, is there anything else that we haven't covered today that you'd like to to share or any other advice you might have for folks going through the process? Um, well, I mean, I guess for companies, right? So a lot of a lot of the you know, speaking of insure tech, a lot of the insure techs are not necessarily disintermediating companies, but they're partnering with companies. And quite honestly, that's going to be I think more common than, you know, kind of complete disinter- disintermediation, but but companies really need to commit to reinventing their businesses because, you know, there's lots of talk from start from the incumbents and they do lots of things on innovation, but you know, honestly, a lot of it is theater, right? Inva- you know, innovation is known by another name, creative destruction. Right. So Schumpeter told us, you know, capitalism is never stationary. Right. The old is destroyed. It's replaced by the new. So insurers are going to need to scrap entire ways of doing business. They're going to need to reskill a whole bunch of workers. They need to let some others go. They're going to need to bring in new models and new people with different skill sets. And it's difficult. And it's understandably scary. So a lot of the incumbents are talking a good game, but they're not all in on kind of the necessary 
process of creative destruction, right? So they try to slow roll things when change starts to get uncomfortable. Um, you know, kind of one of the ways they do that is to dismiss ideas, you know, kind of not only from people outside of insurance, but outside, you know, a lot of business. So they might say, wow, you know, she was really interesting. She did some fantastic things at Cigna, but, you know, she comes from a healthcare background and we need someone who knows PNC. And they end up hiring some PNC guy who's committed to the buzzwords as opposed to committed to change. You know, look, insurance is complex. Like, no doubt about it, 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 it's not easy. But at the same time, we're not splitting atoms either, right? So a reasonably smart and curious person is going to get up to speed just fine. You know, and, you know, kind of another tactic is to hide behind data protection because everybody's petrified of a data breach, right? And if you right. express concern about data security, you know, it's like hitting the emergency brake on a train. Like, everything grinds to a halt. So, I mean, I guess, you know, the message to the C-suite is, look, I get it, right? There's been more change and challenge in the industry in the last 10 years and the preceding 900, you know, but you need to have some courage and you need to give your people the resources and the support that they need so they can have courage too, you know, because the companies that don't, they're only going to be on the destruction end of the creative destruction process, so it's it's tough, but um, necessary. Yeah, great. All right, Jay. Well, uh, appreciate you taking the time and the insights you you shared from your process, and uh, wish you best of luck going forward. And for everybody, again, it's uh, Jay DeVivo. And um, how can people reach you if uh, they want to connect? Uh, best way is to hit me up on LinkedIn. I respond to I respond to emails, and I'm and I'm pretty open there. Great. Um, again, Jay, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>